Hello and welcome back to 18 Year Old's Guide to True Crime. My name is Haruka and I'm your host. For today's episode, we'll be talking about the case of the Slenderman stabbing. I will be discussing schizophrenia, so if that is something that either makes you uncomfortable or you simply do not want to hear about it, feel free to stop listening and I will see you in another episode. Also, before the episode starts, I want to apologise if I mispronounce anything. For you listeners who do not know who Slenderman is, Slenderman is a creepypasta created by a something awful forum user, Victor Search, whose real name is Eric Knudsen. I've seen him described as a 67 feet tall, thin humanoid with a face that has no distinguishable features and wearing a suit. He's also sometimes depicted having eight infectors, which are basically eight tentacles. All the stories about Slenderman feature him stalking, abducting and traumatising his victims, who are typically young children. Even though Slenderman started as a forum entry, his reach has increased into games and films. The games that he was featured in are Slender for 8 Pages, which came out in 2012, and its 2013 sequel, Slender for Unrival. Slenderman was also featured in a mini YouTube horror series called Marvel Hornets, which ran from 2009 to 2014, along with its 2015 film adaptation of the same name. A horror film titled Slenderman was also released in 2018. Peyton Luna was born February 13, 2002, which makes her a Aquarius. According to HowStuffWorks.com, quote, Aquarians born on February 13th are go-jetters. Overcoming odds is what they live for, so they may fight a struggle when there's no need to. They have incredible energy, then they may not always use it wisely. They find it easy to get through life on charm and good looks. End quote. She was born to Stacy and Joe Lutner, and two years later would have a baby brother, Caden. The family decided to lay down their roots in Rukusha, Wisconsin. Peyton's childhood would be a happy and perfectly normal one. This case begins when Peyton is in fourth grade, so she is around 10 years old. This is when she meets a girl who will become her best friend. That girl was Morgan Gazer. Unlike Peyton, Morgan was shy and didn't have many friends, often opting to sit alone. She also didn't have the best home life. Her dad suffered from schizophrenia, but Morgan's mum tried to make it as happy and as normal as she possibly could. Due to her father being in and out of hospitals because of his schizophrenia, Morgan's mum didn't really pay attention to what her daughter was doing. So as a way to entertain herself, Morgan would go on the internet on the family's computer and look at anything that was deemed creepy. Things a 9 slash 10 year old should not be looking at. Over time, she would scare friends away because she would always talk about the things she found on the internet, such as Slenderman. Anyway, like I said previously, Peyton and Morgan are best friends. They would hang out and have sleepovers, you know, as normal friends do. But that all changed when the duo became a trio. Two years later, when the pair was in sixth grade, Morgan met the final member of the trio, Anissa Weir. Over time, Morgan and Peyton's friendship would be pushed to the side and the friendship between Morgan and Anissa would blossom. The centre being the two of them were both obsessed with the internet specifically the urban legend that we all know as Slenderman. The three of them would talk about Slenderman, but Peyton was terrified of the urban legend and the other tales that Morgan had told her, but she went along with them anyway because that is what Morgan liked. 
So Friday before the case takes place, so 30th of May 2014, the three girls had a sleepover, celebrating Morgan's birthday. Earlier that day, the trio had gone skating and had pizza. Looking back at the sleepover, Peyton noticed that this one was different, as Morgan wanted to go to sleep early, which is not something they usually did. Normally, they would do what every child does at sleepovers and would talk into the wee hours of the morning, but not tonight. The next morning, Peyton woke up alone. Morgan and Anissa were not on the moon. Where were they? After looking around Morgan's apartment for her two friends, Peyton found them sat at the computer. After being reunited, the three of them had breakfast, discussing what they were going to do that day. Eventually, it was decided that the three of them would go to David's Park, the girls being driven there by Morgan's mum. It was there where the three of them decided to play hide-and-seek, with Morgan being the one counting, so Anissa and Peyton ran off to hide. Anissa turned to Peyton and told her to lie down and she would cover her with leaves. It would be the best hiding spot, so Peyton did as she was told and laid down, Anissa covering her with leaves, camouflaging her, but also making it so Peyton couldn't see anything. She heard the footsteps of Anissa running off, Peyton probably thinking to herself, oh, she's gone to hide, nothing to worry about. Little did she know what was about to happen. Peyton hears Morgan's voice come to a stop. She has finished counting. Hearing Morgan's footsteps, Peyton stayed where she was and stayed as quiet as she possibly could. But then she felt someone jump on her and hold her down. Even though she was covered with leaves, Peyton could just about make out that the one holding her down was Anissa. And of course, as anyone would, Peyton would try to get up, but Anissa was too strong. Morgan, who was stood nearby, grabbed her backpack and took something out of it, turning to face her best friend Peyton, clutching what was the knife that she grabbed out of the bag. She began running towards her friend on the ground, joining Anissa on top of Peyton. Before she did a single thing, Morgan whispered to Peyton, as said in Eleanor Neal's YouTube video discussing this case, quote, I'm so sorry, end quote, before stabbing Peyton over and over again, in total stabbing her friend 19 times, her wounds being all over Peyton's body. Once Morgan was finally done with the attack on her friend, she eased off, looking down on what she had done blood covering every part of Peyton's body. I don't know if this was part of a plan or if the two of them were panicking at this point, but Anissa and Morgan said to Peyton, we are going to get you some help before running off. But no one came. Peyton knew her two former best friends did not ask for help and she knew the only way she was going to get help was if she got it herself. Somehow, with 19 stab wounds, blood pouring out of her, pain all over, Peyton somehow has the strength to not only stand up, but make her way out of those woods and onto a nearby path. But it was here where her body gave up and she fell to the floor. Luckily, a cyclist would be making their way past at this exact moment and saw Peyton, and saw that the little girl would need help and fast. Peyton somehow was able to tell the cyclist what had just happened and the cyclist called the ambulance where she would be rushed to the hospital. Miraculously, only two of the 19 knife wounds were serious. 
One of the ruins being a grazed aorta, which is one of the arteries that takes blood away from the heart. And if it was pierced, Peyton would have bled out before she even got the chance to stand up. The other one being a stab wound that went through her liver, stomach and diaphragm, resulting in internal bleeding, which needed surgery. Peyton not only survived the attack, but survived the surgery as well. But it would become even worse for her. Peyton was left with both physical and psychological damage and would probably suffer from PTSD because of the attack. After making a speedy recovery and spending a week in hospital, she was released. By this time, the police already knew and caught both Morgan and Anissa. The two of them making no attempt to hide what they had done, the girls being only five miles away from the scene when they were found. For second, the two of them were arrested and taken to the police station. They confessed to their crime. When asked why, they simply said it was a sacrifice to appease Slenderman. And of course, the policemen had no clue what the girls were on about. So the two of them told the police practically everything about the urban legend. According to them, Slenderman had proxies, which are basically Slenderman's lackeys, who are people, specifically children, since we know that children is the demographic he tends to go for in regards to his victims, and such that he sends out to kill. Anissa stated that one day when it was only for two of them, Morgan turned to her and said, we should be proxies for Slenderman, but to do this they had to prove themselves. But to prove themselves, they would have to kill Peyton. If they did this, they would become proxies, and they would apparently be able to live with him, him being Slenderman. The two of them also believed that Slenderman could kill their families, so to save the people they cared about, they would have to kill Peyton. But this wasn't the first attempt on Peyton's life, because their plan was, during the sleepover, was to take Peyton's mouth shut and slit her throat. But the two of them realised they wouldn't be able to kill her in the house, because one, they would have to dispose of the body, and two, they would have to clean the house. Instead, they went with a plan of taking Peyton to the woods and ambushing her, making sure she doesn't survive. Their plan was to kill Peyton in the bathroom, knocking her unconscious so they could kill her. I don't know which one, but either Morgan or Anissa hit Peyton, but it wasn't enough. So they moved on to the plan that included the near-deathly game of hide-and-seek. In one of her interviews, Anissa, talking about Morgan and her attacking Peyton, said, quote, They would be like lionesses chasing down a zebra. End quote. But during the attack, Anissa and Morgan would argue. Morgan seemed to be getting cold feet. Is it because the girl lying on the ground was her best friend since the fourth grade? Maybe. Morgan passed Anissa for knife, saying, quote, You know where the soft spots are. End quote. But Anissa passed it back. Morgan ended up being for one to do the blows. The two girls didn't want to do the attack, but they felt like they had no choice. Slenderman already had his hold on the girls. After interviewing the two girls, police fully believed Morgan was the brains behind the outfit. Anissa was the sheep, the follower, for lack of a better word. During the investigation, police searched the girls' homes, specifically their computers. Nothing suspicious came up on Anissa's. However, on Morgan's was the search how to get away with murder. 
They also found an art book full of morbid drawings in Morgan's locker. The drawings being things such as Slenderman himself killing people. When it came to court, the two, may I remind you, were 12 years old, would be tried as adults because of the severity of the attack. In cases such as these, the two culprits, or in this case, Anissa and Morgan, would go under a mental evaluation, and it was found that both girls were mentally ill. It was also found that Morgan, like her father, had schizophrenia, and the whole time had actually seen a slender man. So of course to her, he was real. She had seen him. The two of them chose to plead guilty to the attempted murder of Peyton Luna, Anissa Weir being sentenced to 25 to life and to be served in a psychiatric hospital, and Morgan Geyser getting 40 years to life, also to be served in a psychiatric hospital. Of course this attack left Peyton mentally damaged. She had nightmares about it, even sleeping in the same bed as a way to comfort her. Peyton even slept with scissors under the bed because she thought they were going to come back for her. The most messed up thing isn't even the attack. It's the fact that after this attack was on the news, there were copycat killings of people sacrificing people to Slenderman. The most famous one happening only a couple of days after Peyton's attack had been made public when a girl tried to kill her own mother to appease Slenderman. Another one happening in Florida mere months after Peyton's, when a 14-year-old set her house on fire, trying to kill not only her mother, but her brother as well. All of the victims survived, luckily. After serving three years and ten months in a psychiatric institute, Anissa returned to court and was deemed sane and was released. Even though she petitioned to be released, it was deemed Morgan was to stay in a psychiatric hospital. She's still there to this day. In my research, I saw that it said after finding out Anissa was being released, Peyton moved. But I could not confirm this. And that is where I'm going to end episode 10 of 18 Year Old's Guide to True Crime. If you wanted to suggest a case, send a voice message, which you can do via the Anchor website where I host this podcast, or send an email to 18 Year Old's Guide to True Crime at gmail.com. Stay tuned for the next episode where I'll be talking about the case of Ed Gein.